You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I remember growing up that my mother would always collude with my grandmother to make a milchuk meal on Shavuos. Really, they like to do it at every yomtiv, and they always have a milchuk meal. And as a child, I did not appreciate dairy. And on yomtiv, Shabbos, forget about it. There's no such deal. Like, I was not going to have dairy. So they came up with their meal, and I uh, managed to convince them that they can eat their dairy, but make sure that I have a piece of chicken and I'm going to eat flesh. That was my meal. I couldn't deal with pasta primavera and fettuccine alfredo or whatever you want to mix in with uh, lasagna. But the Shulchan Aruch brings down in Tav Tzadi Dalad, Sif Gimel, an interesting halacha. It's not really halacha, but it's a minug that the Ramah says. It's a minug to have dairy. Thank you, Rabbi Kivalevitz, for putting it on the screen. V'nogin v'chol makom, lecho machali chal b'yom rishon shazvuiz. The minug is all areas to eat dairy foods on the first day of Shavuiz. So, there's a sound basis to have dairy foods on the first day of Shavuos. Here's my question. So some people get very excited. They don't want to have dairy. What is this really? What is this minute? You have to have dairy. Is it to have a cup of coffee with some milk? Is it to have kiddish, like a piece of cheesecake? I mean, what kind of Shavuos without cheesecake? And you get every type of cheesecake. You can get blueberry topping cheesecake. Marble cheesecake, all types of different cheesecake. You can get the chocolate cheesecake, or maybe it's a dairy meal. Maybe you should be eating lasagna, fettuccine alfredo. Is it a meal? Is it kiddish? So we have to understand the reason for this. And we're today we're going to speak three, primarily three reasons. I'll bring you a fourth. Um, but there are many reasons brought down. In fact, I have a printout from a good friend of mine, Zev Weinberger in Passaic. He sent me a printout from a chosh of a massive tamachachim, a tervedas, where he's Wyan, who printed out, I believe, nine, 79 reasons for milk, milchitz on, on Shavuos. But I'm going to discuss primarily three, and based on these three, three reasons, there's enough community between the three of them. And then we're going to discuss exactly why this has relevance in regards to Shavuos itself. Like, why are we occupying our time to prepare for Shavuos, discussing whether we should have ice cream for Kiddush or we should have ziti for lunch. Okay, what is this? Let's talk about Kabbalah Satoru. So we see how it's an all tie-in. The Ramah says, what's the reason why you have dairy? The nearly a time. To me, it appears the reason is as follows. It's like the two types of foods that we ha- take on Seder night. On the kara, on our Seder plate, we have two foods. One is Zechle Pesach, and one is Zechle Chagiga. You have the egg, Zechle Chagiga, and you have the roasted uh, shank bone, which is Zechle Garm Pesach. So since you have to have these two carbonas on Pesach, we don't have them. As a remembrance, we put two things on the table. Therefore, says the Shulchan Aruch, Kain Ochlin Michael, it's really the Ramah, Kain Ochlin Michael Cholov, 
Therefore, on Shavuot, we eat dairy foods. The Achach Michael Bas, and then you eat meaty foods. Utrich and the Havimon Beis Lechem. You have to bring with them two loaves of bread. Viyesh, Utrich Havim Beis Lechem, Allah Shuk on a table. Shehuba Makom Ezbeach. That is in place of the Ezbeach. The table, the shulchan zaykum is beach. The yesh bezeh is ifan the beis alachim. This is to remember the carbon that you bring, the mincha that brought on shavuos, which is deshte alachim. Shari makrim biyom makrim. We bring on shavuos. So listen to this reason, Ramad. It's a very interesting reason. Since there is a a carbon or a mincha that's brought on shavuos, which is called deshte alachim, they have to bring these two loaves of bread. On Shavuos, so therefore you eat dairy and then you eat meat. So you'll have two loaves of bread on your table. One for the dairy and one for the meaty meal. Uh, my dear friends, it's very interesting. This reason, first of all, let's put it together. Why is this a reason that you have to have dairy? What, what is it telling you about dairy? There's no dairy over here. It's just telling you to have two loaves of bread. It's zechel for the shteilechem. The reason is the halacha is in Shulchan Aruch in Yarday and Peitas that when you eat dairy, you eat bread with with dairy meal. You're not allowed to use that bread for a meal of fleshiks because it could have residue of dairy on it. You could have touched it, you could have come in contact with it with your hands. So you can't now use that bread and eat a fleshik meal. So what you do is you eat your challah, and you eat it with your dairy meal. And now when you want to have your fleshic meal, you can't have the dairy challah. You have to bring a new challah to have specifically for the fleshic meal. So now you have two challahs, one for the dairy and one for the fleshic. That's the reason the Ramah brings for having a dairy meal. Now, if you look at the Magad of Ram, Magad of Ram says a different reason. He brings a Kabbalistic reason. Magad of Ram Yesh Harbe Tamin. There's many reasons. says those seven weeks. I'm sorry, I bet my door. Apologize. Those were clients who were preparing for Shavuos. It was like seven clean days. Like a lady who is purifying yourself from her period of Midas. It's known, the Gemara says, that the blood changes and modifies and turns into milk. That's the Gemara. The dam represents justice and the milk represents Rachamim, the lady nurses her child. And this is the so the reason why we eat dairy is dogma that the seven weeks, as the swarm bring down, the seven weeks, seven weeks of seven days is a real shivaniki and preparing us for the time of purity for, to receive Kabbalah And since in the state of purity of a, of a woman, the, what happens is the blood in her system turns into chalav, whatever that means, and that represents in a Kabbalistic sense then turning into Rachamim with us now receiving the Torah, which is called Rachmana. The Torah is called Rachmana. Therefore, we eat dairy. Okay, a very interesting reason. 
let's leave this reason now, and let's go to a third reason that the Mishabur brings. Mishabur in Sukkot and Yudbeis says a different reason. I am Avram. Vani Shemati Obishim Gadol Echad says the Mishabur. I heard in the name of a great Gadol. Shama Tam Nachum said he said a great, he said a very beautiful reason. Kibeisha on the Har Sinai when Kaiser was standing Har Sinai a couple of times he received the Torah. The Yardim and Ahar Lebesam and they came down from the mountain and now they went home to their houses. Lamatu Malachol. Pekev Kib Machalichav. They have nothing to eat except for really dairy. Kilabasa because if they wanted to eat meat, oh, Tzarech Chanarava needs a lot of preparation. Now they would have to shech the sack and vodka because they have to make sure they have a proper knife. They got to do shkita kashetzi v'ashem ulanakir chute echelev. They got to take out the nikor, take out the 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 chelev adam, and they got to salt it uladiach and to rinse it on liach and to and to salt it. The kelim ulavasha, the kelim chadoshim. They had to get new utensils because everything was treif. Kikelim shem mukonu shvishim rotsim leis leis. Anything they cooked to use within the last twenty four hours. Nesulam was also so it would be a whole production if they wanted to eat. Places. They came home, basically, their whole house was trafe. So, okay, so they took dairy foods. They didn't need to do any real preparation with cooking. And they're able to manage. Therefore, we make a zecher that Kalai Yisrael have, um, they ate dairy on Shavuos. Okay, so we have three reasons why we eat dairy on Shavuos. We have the Ramosev because zecher to the Shtealachim. You can have two loaves of bread. You have the Mogad Avram who says this Kabbalistic reason because it's Zainikiyam and Zainikiyam then the dam turns into into Cholov so we eat milk, we eat dairy and we have the reason of the Mishavur which says from the name of a Gadolachod that we do it as a Zeichah because Christ when they came down from the mountain from getting at the Torah they had couldn't eat flesh so they ate dairy. Alright. Um, there's a fabulous Sefer called Kovitz Halachos from Rev Kleinman who writes the Fiske Halachos from Rev Shmuel Kamenetsky Shlita, a governor of Shmuel Kamenetsky, and he says, based on this, there is a nafkamina, based on these reasons, in regards to three areas. And here's the question. When do you eat this dairy? When are you supposed to eat it? At night? The first night or the day? You should eat it at night or you should eat it at day? He said, it depends based on these reasons. If you learn like the Ramah, the Ramah says, well, let's say this, it's a day or night. So if you learn like um, the Mishabura, let's go like the Mishabura for a second. According to the Mishabura, that when they came down, after they received the Torah, they went home. So when was that? That was in the morning. So you should eat the dairy meal in the morning. If you... Learn like the Zohar, the Mogad Avram called the Zohar. So you eat dairy as Zecha that the seven weeks of preparation ended. When did it conclude? It concludes at the onset of Shavuos, which is at night. So you should eat at night. And according to the reason that the Ramah says, which is that Zecha to the Shtei HaLechem, or when is the Shtei HaLechem brought? At night or at day? It's brought during the day, not at night. So it should be during the day, not at night. All right? So that's a chorah nafkamina which should come out. According to the reason of the czar, it should be a night meal. And according to the Morgan of Ram, according to the Ramor, it should be a day meal. Now, 
That's one nafkamina, one difference. Here's another difference. Does it have to be a meal or could it be Kiddush? Can I just come home, make Kiddush Shavuot's morning, eat a piece of cheesecake, go to sleep if you stayed up all night, and then when you wake up, have your meal, flashings. Personally, that's what I like to do. But I got to tell you, I gave in over the years. I have Baruch Hashem, I have a lot of daughters, and the girls, they love dairy. So they are planning the dairy for weeks before Shavuot. So I said, okay, even though I'm a real meat and potatoes guy, I'm giving in. Okay, I let them have a dairy meal. So we do have a dairy meal. Um, and I don't even sneak into the kitchen anymore to eat a piece of chicken. He was like, I'll, I'll deal with the, the, the fettuccine Alfredo. But does it have to be a meal or could it be Kiddush? Can you just make Kiddush and have your piece of cheesecake? And would that fulfill this minog? So let's go back to the three reasons we said. If the reason why you ha- eat dairy is because, like the Ramah said, that you do it, so the whole point of the Shtehalechem, the two loaves of bread, is that you eat dairy with a loaf of bread, with a challah, and you can't use the same challah that you use for your dairy meal for the fleshic meal, so then you eat a fleshic meal with a loaf of bread, with a challah. So you see from that is that it's at a meal. It can't be Kiddush. If it's Kiddush, then you're not having Shtei Alechem. You're not having two, two challahs. The whole point of Shtei Alechem is to have two challahs. So only we can have two challahs if you're eating it during a meal. Right? But if you look like the Zohar, the Zohar says, yeah, you have dairy because that's what the, the conclusion of the Zaynikiyam is now. It's Cholot. No, who said you have to have a meal? Coffee. You can have a piece of cheesecake. And according to the reason of the Mission Rua, they came home, they ate dairy. Good. Why, why do you have to have a dairy meal? Who said a meal? The only reason that you need to have a meal is according to the reason of the Ramah. Now, there's another now. There's another in this dairy meal. Yeah. Rabbi, doing? I would just say just one thing. I know that the, it's not etiquette to interrupt, but they were used to having two meals, right? So we're used to snacking. So for us, you're right. We could just snack on a cheesecake or chocolate. But the Tom of the Godel Echad, they came down and they probably were used to their normal sudas. Right. So probably, according to the Mishnah too, if we want to um, emulate what they did, we probably would have a meal. I'm just saying. Yeah, it could be. That's not... You're right. It's, it, doesn't, it, it, it doesn't turn into the lechem, which generates the meal. But if the whole point is the emulation, the emulation would be, oh, we're stuck. We can't eat fleshics right now. And, and, and in order to indicate that, you wouldn't just stuff yourself on chocolate yeah. bars. You would just have a meal based on milchiks. So I would right. say even according to the Mishnah Bura, that Tom would probably, in order to be Makayim the Minig, as you could say, I would you know, humbly disagree yeah. and say you probably need to have a meal. It could be. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. But it, it, it's not it's not the same as like the, the Ramah. According to the Ramah, it has to be. There, it's, it's the bread that you're eating. Yes. That's the, that's the difference. But probably it's a meal. And there's one third nafkamina. There's another nafkamina. Another nafkamina is, another difference that will come out is when we 
even if you have a meal for dairy, let's say like the Ramah, is the meal supposed to be a meal of just dairy? Or are you supposed to split your meal and have dairy and then flations in the same meal? This concept of having a meal, is it a meal solely of dairy? Or is it a split meal between dairy and flations? That means you start off having dairy, and then in the middle of the meal, you switch and have flations. If you think about it, there are more. The reason is to have two loaves of bread, where you have to have a separate challah. So according to our more, it's clear that you split the meal in half. They started the meal with challah, and they ate dairy. And then in the middle of the meal, they took the tablecloth off, and they went and they washed their hands and cleaned out the mouth. We'll talk about what you have to do in order to separate or transition from dairy to flesics. And then they took out a new challah and they ate flesics. So it's in the same meal. According to the Ramah, the minute was to eat one meal, the first part, milchics, dairy, and the second part, transition into flesics. It was the same meal. But according to the reason of the Zohar, the, the Mogan of Rumbrings, you don't even have to necessarily have a meal, especially you don't have to split it. And according to, so if you want to have just a dairy meal, you can fill the Zohar with a dairy meal. You don't have to split the meal. And according to the, the reason Mr. Rubrings, that it's in the name of the God Alechon, that you have dairy because that's what Kaisal ate when they came down from, when they came back from Har Sinai, from getting the Zohar. So why would you have to split your meal? Even if you're going to say it was a meal, like Rabbi Kivalevitz says. So yeah, it's a meal, but it could be an entirely dairy meal. It doesn't have to be split. So those are three practical differences which come out based on the reason. The, so what's the bottom line? First of all, it's a it's a it's a minimum. It's not like an absolute. And anachinami that the according to the Ramah, the minimum should be that you should split your meal. But not everyone does that. Some people just have a dairy meal, and some people have just for kiddush. This is not like an absolute science over here. So Rishmuel Kamenetsky says. You want to have a total dairy meal? You can have a totally dairy meal. That's what people do. People, that's what people have done. So it's a fulfillment of the minog in various ways. But if you want to know, according to, you want to fulfill it like the Ramah for the Shteyalechem, then you really would be splitting your meal. I'm going to get now into the transition between dairy and flesics. But before I do, I'm just going to mention a Chedush Arim. Chedush Arim says a fourth reason for having dairy on Shavuot. It's interesting Chadusha Rim. He says, every mitzvah has a day in the calendar that it correlates to. Every law, I say, there's 365 negative commandments. So there's, three, there's a day in the calendar that corresponds to that losase. What losase does the day of Shavuot correspond to? So he says the Pesach that talks about Shavuot is Bikurim. It says on Shavuot, you bring the Bikurim. Tell me Bikurim, you bring the Bikurim to the base Hashem. And in that positive, it says, You're not allowed to cook. Dairy and flesh and meat together. So the positive talks about Shavuot is, it brings the Lord's say of not cooking dairy and meat together. That's why, another reason why we eat dairy is in order to demonstrate that we're careful in the halachas of not mixing meat 
and dairy together, not cooking it and not eating it at the same time. So it's to demonstrate a fulfillment of the love that corresponds to the day of Shuvah. That's a Kedushirim. Having the other reasons, another nice reason is Cholov is the Gematria. Cholov is Gematria 40. Moshe Benu was on the mountain 40 days, 40 nights. And there's many others. The Maharsiyah was called Gavnunim. Har Gavnunim. So that's Kavina. And there's others. But let's move on to, the, to one more segment. And then we're going to try to tie this in how it's why do we have so much discussion about dairy and meat? I mean, oh, come on, like, why, why are you spending so much time on whether you can eat ice cream or you're supposed to eat ice cream, you're supposed to have fettuccine, who cares? So let's just discuss just a little bit of halachas here for those who are going to have dairy, or especially those who are going to have a dairy meal and transition in the middle of the meal to fleshics. I used to do that. I used to do that, I have to tell you personally, I used to do that because... I insisted that I have meat. I can't. Simcha for me is meat. I, so I gave in originally, said, okay, you can have dairy. So we'll have the first half of the meal dairy, but then we got to have meat. What happened was that nobody else want, nobody wanted to eat the meat afterwards. It was just me. I was the only guy left standing, like with the steak, with the, with the roast. So after a while, I said, you know what? I'm not going to make everyone do such a big, you know, commotion and turn the table and the tablecloth. This at the end of the day, when we transitioned to the flesh meal, I was the only one left sitting at the table. So we said, okay, we'll just have an entirely dairy meal. But those who are going to do it, there's just important halachas you have to recognize. And that is in the uh, Shulchan Aruch in Yeridea, Simon Peites, Halacha Beis, says, thank you, Rabbi. Kivalevitz for always getting us these Maimakomas. So it's uh Vina right here. Someone ate cheese. Mutalakalakar of Basar. Miyad. Are you allowed to eat meat right after you eat cheese? So the Shokhanar says you eat cheese, you can eat meat right afterwards immediately. Ubavad. However, there's a condition. She ain't the yod of Shumdalbar Megvina, you have to look at your hands. To make sure there's no fatty residue left in your hands. And if it's at night, then you have to wash your hands. And they add the Ramah adds on. You have to rinse your mouth. You have to eat something and you have to rinse your mouth out. And then he discusses what you have to eat. Um, bread or or um, anything you want, but you can't eat roasted kernels of wheat, and you can't eat dates, and you can't eat vegetables, because those things get stuck, and they're not going to, the point is, we're going to eat something to pull out whatever you have left, this fatty, and this, or the residue that's in your, still in your teeth, you got to get it all out, and you're going to rinse it out. So that's Allah, because if you're going to go and transition from dairy to meat, or you're going to even have dairy for Kiddush, and then you're going to eat your meat meal, you have to know that you have to um, check your hands, really, you wash them, and Rinse your mouth out. All you need to do is drink something, drink water or wine or anything, and eat something. So it just pulls out whatever's in your mouth. Now, there are more continues over here and says, let's, let's go there more. 
He brings from the Mordechai. Some are machmir when they eat meat after cheese. And we are accustomed that we machmir to wait. If you eat meat, cheese, do not eat meat when? If you eat hard cheese, then if we eat hard cheese, you need to wait. So it depends on whatever your minute is, how long you wait between fleshing meat and dairy. Some wait six hours, five and a half, five and one, three hours, one hour, whatever your minute is, that you have to wait between hard cheese and meat. There are those who are making. There are some who do not wait even after hard cheese, but you for sure have to rinse and your mouth and chew something and wash your hands. You should be masked, which is really the, uh, the the custom that everyone really have to eat hard cheese. So it's interesting. What what is the, the reason that to go back and forth, vacillate between whether cheese you need to wait, you don't need to wait. We know you eat meat, you have to wait before you can eat dairy. Six hours, three, whatever, or whatever your minute is. My minute is a German minute, three hours. So you wait. What's the reason? So it's a machlok, the Gemara brings out a reason, and the machlok is between the Rambam and Rashi how to understand this reason. According to Rashi, the reason is, it's a Gemara in Chulun, Kofei Manalot. Rashi says, also lechol, if you eat meat, you can't eat cheese. Mishon de Bosser Motzi Shuman. The meat well, it has a lot of Fat. It's stuck in your mouth and it just stays. If you eat a good roast, good steak, that flavor is going to remain in your palate for a long time. That's the indication of a really good roast, a really good steak. The Rambam, however, says a different reason. So what's going to happen is you're going to eat the meat and the taste of the meat is going to remain in your mouth. And now you need dairy, so you're really mixing the meat and the dairy in your mouth. The Ram says a little bit different. The Ram says the issue is Ah, you have to wait. Who shows like six hours? Because meat, it's stringy and it gets stuck between your teeth, and it's not going to just come out by cleaning your mouth. And therefore, you need six hours to wait or whatever the time you need to wait in order for the, the meat that's stuck between your teeth to come out or for it to be considered broken down. Now, what about cheese? Do you have these reasons by cheese? Does it apply? Do you have... It means the whole reason why you need to wait is because what ends up happening if you ate meat, you're going to end up eating meat with dairy if you don't wait because either the, the taste is going to remain in your mouth so you're going to mix the flavor of the meat with the dairy or you're going to be eating the, with the actual piece of meat in your mouth. You can be eating dairy. So you can't do that. It's like eating a cheeseburger. What about if you ate dairy? Do you have those concerns? Are you going to have dairy stuck between your teeth? Are you going to have um, the taste of the dairy stuck in your mouth? It's still going to remain? Or is it exclusive to meat? So the Taz, the Shach over here discussed this, and you see that the discussion is, when does it consider that this is going to be an issue? By hard cheese, the reason why there's a, the, there's a practice by hard cheese, which is what we do, the prevalent practice is not to eat 
meat after the, after eating hard cheese is because hard cheese has that taste that remains in your mouth. And some of the hard cheese might even, they're really hard, they actually get stuck between your teeth. Now, the Taz is not so convinced with the, with the uh, reason of the cheese getting stuck between your teeth is because the Taz says this, this halakha, that the meat stuck between your teeth, is only an issue because the Gemara says, it brings a Pasuk in Kumish, when they, by the Slav, Habasa Odenu Ben Shineyam, the meat was still between their teeth, and they died. So who told you that when meat is between your teeth, it's considered meat? Maybe it's already started to be, de- uh, you know, broken down. The enzymes started to process it. So it's not called meat anymore. Because the pasta calls it meat, that's why it's meat. However, by cheese, we have no pasta telling you that it's still considered cheese when it's still in your mouth. And therefore... The only reason is because of the the extra flavor that's there from the hard cheese is very strong and sharp. That's going to remain there. Now there are achronim who argue on this, and they say no. The the, the hard cheese is still considered. I think Prichadish says hard cheese between your teeth is still considered cheese. To what extent does it have to be hard cheese in order to wait? What's considered hard cheese? So Shach says six months, and the Taz. And the Taz says, or it, it actually gets like moldy, wormy. Right. Thank you. And uh, then you bring down the Taz says because it gets it can get like wormy, moldy, where it gets very sharp. So on the common market, do we have hard cheese? Your classic mozzarella and munster cheese are not aged for six months. My great uncles uh, were the owners of Haolam and, and Miller, the Thurm family, and uh, they told me this stuff is done in one to three months. There's no such thing. They don't have, they don't do hard cheese. And all the posts can all bring it down. Moshe Feinstein and the others all, all bring down that our, the, the classic cheese we use is not hard cheese and is processed in less than six months. And even when it's processed for a long time, it doesn't get to the level of this uh, strong hard cheese level. To be a hard cheese, it's got to be, so according to some posting, like you actually cut it with a saw. The, um, or, or the, with a knife, you have to cut it, like, because it's very hard. The, uh, nowadays, gourmet uh, markets are very in, and they have come out with a lot of very special brides and the different types of hard cheeses. And they are on the market. And if you would get a hard cheese, then you would have to wait. One of the common hard cheeses, which is on the market, which is not even so gourmet, is Parmesan cheese. If you look on some of the labels of the Parmesan cheese, it comes with a little uh, plastic container. It says aged, I don't know, six months or aged 10 months. And you notice that they're little crumbly balls. So you'll have to ask a Shiloh to your Rav, is that already enough to be considered, is it sharp enough to be considered hard cheese? It's definitely sharper than regular cheese. That's how, that's the concept of hard cheese. There is a discussion if the cheese was melted, if the hard cheese is melted, does that now give the, uh, remove the issue of the need to wait in between the cheese and the, and the, and the meat.
If it's because it gets stuck in your teeth, so hard cheese, if it's melted, they put it inside a lasagna, it's not going to get stuck between your teeth. But if it's because that the taste is in your palate, so maybe the taste of the hard cheese, even though it was cooked, didn't remove this. Um, Rav holds, you have to wait. Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky holds, you have to wait. Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach is machmer even on regular cheese, even to, to wait. Not hard cheese. He's all that the, even the regular cheeses are a problem because he says that the nowadays we process things much quicker and it's like six months. But most folks can hold that it's only for hard cheeses. And the hard cheeses are melted where Yashua holds it's a problem. Rev. holds you would have to wait even if it's melted. There's a Yad Yehuda which seems to say that if it's melted, you don't have an issue. But even when you see the Yad Yehuda and pay tests, Simmons of Cotton Lamed, that Yad Yehuda, it seems to me that it's melted inside, but not that it's on top, meaning if it's like you're having toast or you have the lasagna with the cheese on top of it, that would also be an issue because so um, most people are not, if you're going to have hard cheese mixed into your lasagna, even though it's melted, According to many postkim, it's machlokas postkim. Do you have to wait the six hours or whatever the time or not? So that uh, pretty much takes it here for your hard cheese. But let's tie this into shavuos. Let's let's get. Who really cares about cheese? Why are we spending so much time about cheese? There's really a very very important role of food for the yamtiv shavuos. The gemara mshachim says in samach tesson beis. There's a machlok between, I believe, the laws and Yeshua, whether, what's the uh, proper practice on a yomtiv? Should you spend the whole day in shul and daven and learn and, and maybe even fast? Or should you eat? One prophet says that Tzeres Tielachem, yomtiv should be for you. One says that Tzeres Lashem should be for Hashem. So one man says, you have a choice. Either you can spend the entire day Lashem and you don't have to eat, or Friday Lachem, you choose. And the, and the other version says, no, 50-50. And that's how we possible. Half the day you spend davening and learning, and the other half of the day you have nice food, delicious foods, and nice tables, and finest, fine uh, items. Comes along the Gemara, Amalur says, Hako Modim, everyone agrees that on Shavuos, everyone agrees. Even the opinion says that you can fast and the other Yom Tovim, but on Shavuos you can't. Why? Because it's a Yom Tov. It's a day that Hashem gave the Torah. And the day that Hashem gave the Torah, you have to demonstrate that you hold this to be a festival. Festivals, you don't fast on festivals. It's got to be a festive day. And the Gemara brings there an episode that occurred. Rabbi Yosef used to come home on Shavuot and he used to tell his family, please, let's prepare the finest meat, the finest roast you have. Why? Because if not for this day of Shavuot, where Hashem gave the Torah, I would never be Rav Yosef. There's many Joes in the marketplace. There's many Joes on the street. I would be another Joe. I wouldn't be Rav Yosef. I wouldn't be the great Rav Yosef. Because of the Torah, I became this person. I became a better person. And therefore, to demonstrate that, we have to make a yomta. We have to make a festival. So you see already from the Gemara that eating is an integral component. A very integral component. Now you see from this Gemara, by the way, that he actually ate meat. He didn't eat dairy. He didn't come home and tell his wife, make for me lasagna. He said, make for me the finest meat. 
you can deal with it. There's also a halacha consideration in dairy inflation because of the mitzvah of Simchas Yantiv. And Simchas Yantiv, the Mishra says, in Tav Kuf Chav Tes, he's supposed to have meat. So how do, you re- how do you deal with dairy and meat? So, okay, you can have one meal dairy and one meal meat. Well, I want to take this to be on another dimension. And I'll tell you a story that happened. There was a bacher that went to Ayelib Steinman. He went to Rishtaiman and he begged his Rebbe to take him there. But he said, Rebbe, when you take him to Rishtaiman, do me a favor. I ask you, even whatever I ask him sounds rude or disrespectful, don't interrupt. Okay? He came to Rishtaiman and he tells the Rishiva, Rebbe, did you ever eat ice cream? He said, no. He said, ice cream is delicious. Do you want to taste ice cream? He said, no, I have no interest. He says, you sure it's so delicious? Start describing ice cream. He said, no, I have no interest in ice cream. And he says, you ever eat meat? You ever eat roast steak? You ever eat steak? Steinman said, no. He ate porridge three meals a day. No, I never ate steak. He says, it's delicious. You sure you don't want to have a piece of steak? I'll make one for you. No, no. And he kept going on. And his Rebbe, his Rebbe who brought him to Steinman said, what is he doing? Then the Bacher says to Rebbe Steinman, he says, you know, Rebbe, I've been learning for so many years, Torah, and people tell me it's delicious, it's sweet. And I've been learning, I don't taste the sweetness. Whoa. You, I tell you how delicious these foods are. You're not interested in, in eating it. Me, you're telling me how delicious tar is. And I'm tasting it. And I can't even taste it. It doesn't taste sweet to me. So why should I continue learning tar? What a sharp question. So Steinman looked at him and said, my dear, my, dear, um, my dear boy, what's the sweetest food? Honey. Says, but to certain people, honey doesn't taste sweet. If you have sores in your mouth, the honey won't be sweet. In fact, it'll hurt. It'll come onto the sore and it'll be, you know, exasperated. He says, maybe perhaps you have sores in your mouth. Maybe that you're not using your mouth properly, speaking inappropriately or hurtful words. And therefore, the tongue that is sweet that's coming in your mouth is actually, you're tasting it as really bitter. And therefore, it's not sweet to you. And the boy broke down crying. Now, it's a nice story. But there's really something very central to Torah and sweetness. And we ask for this every day. In the Birch HaZatari, we ask Hashem, Hashem, make the Torah sweet. We don't don't ask Hashem to make it sweet. The only time we say sweet is on Rosh Hashanah. You have a Hashanah Torah Sukkah. Why are we asking in Birch HaZatari? You ask Hashem to make the Sukkah sweet, to make the Ruv sweet, to make Shofar sweet. Why is specifically Torah has to be sweet? Revolva in his Sefer, Ali Shor, page Kufnan Dalin, Kalagalov says that the word Hariv also has another meaning. Ariv means to mix, like Ariv, the Mak of Ariv, and Taruva is a mixture. So Ariv and Hariv, sweet and mixture, is one and the same. Because when you blend certain things to be synthesized, to become one, then it becomes sweet. We ask this prayer when we dive in to ask for Torah specifically should be sweet. is because that's how Torah has to be learned. Torah has to blend. It has to become one and part of the person who we are. It has to be mismazeg. It has to become literally absorbed in our system that we are now a better person. It, only through sweetness, we want to relate to something we relate to something we enjoy. If we want Torah to, we relate to Torah to identify with Torah, 
You want to say, I love Torah? It has to be sweet for you. If it's not sweet, you're not going to identify with it. You're not going to love it. So, that's what Stein was telling his boy. You can't taste, you can't experience the sweetness of Torah because you're not practicing, you're not living with it. So it's not becoming absorbed in your system. It's the other way around. You're tasting the bit. It's harmful for you because you're living in a state of a contradiction. It, the Torah has to be, make part of us to relive the words of Torah. It blends, it mixes. And we, that's why we ask Hashem, make it sweet that it becomes inside our system that we identify with the Torah that we're learning. That's Rabbi Yosef. He came home from the market and says, there's many Joes in the market. I'd be another Joe. I wouldn't be a better person. But the Torah is now absorbed in my system. And now I'm a, I'm a more refined individual. I'm more distinguished. I'm more, ref, I'm more of a, a home-tuned nature. I'm careful how I speak to people. I'm careful how I relate to people. And that, when we approach Yomtev, we talk about the foods that we eat. Realize the food becomes part of us. So you want to have something that you're delicious. But remember, when you're eating that delicious food, whatever, if you eat, if you like the ice cream, you like the cheesecake, you like your lasagna, or you're saying, no, you're going to you're gonna have your meat, whatever you're eating, make it sweet, make it delicious, because we really want to represent that the Torah become part of us. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.